I'm Chris. This is Paul. And welcome to CP Time. Um, it is June 9th. 9th, 2020. It's been a while since we've done one. Um, <clears throat> reason I wanted to say the date, it's been about two weeks of craziness here. It's been troubling times. Yeah. So... For the record, down the road, maybe you can talk about what transpired. I mean, <clears throat> years from now, someone might find this podcast and be like, what happened on, why are they talking June 9th, 2020 about troubling times? Maybe fill people in. I think they're going to full. I think history is going to, is going to keep a good record of what happened, what was happening during this time. This is not localized. This is all over the world. Well, I mean, aside from the pandemic. <clears throat> yeah, there have been protests all over the world. <coughs> sort of ignited by um, George, George, excuse me, George Floyd's murder um, in Minneapolis. And we here in Pittsburgh have had non-stop protest they've been everywhere there are non-stop protests going on everywhere and i love it i love that uh there were topics that that were not really discussed uh that that weren't really there wasn't there was a walking away of issues you know like when trayvon martin got murdered Mm -hmm. there was kind of a walking away It, it kind of flared up and then it was kind of a we're so upset because nothing has been done. And then that issue, you know, kind of went in the back on the back burner, you know. And now right. all these things are coming up again. <coughs> Charlottesville. Yeah, I was just going to say Charlottesville, Charlottesville, which happened a couple of years ago, where hey, take down the statue of Robert E. Lee, take it down. You know, that's it's all coming up again. And now crowds of people are ripping down these. These monuments to people who bought and sold people or, you know, didn't treat men like men and who, who were, who had, you know. Didn't treat them like humans. Yeah. They were, they were evil on a level I can't even express. We are, everybody keeps saying this, we are at a <clears throat> precipice. The country, the United States is really at this like moment where people are saying, this is different. Now is different. Why do you think that? I don't know. I'm I'm a little bothered by it. I'm bothered by it. I think it's exciting. I think, man, some new stuff is going to come out of all of this. And I'm very hopeful. I'm on the hopeful side. But I've talked to a lot of uh, older older musicians and people that I know who were around in the 60s. Even as children. Right. And they say, yeah, this reminds me of when such and such happened. Mm. You know, the King Rides. Only this time it feels different. Huh. There's something different about it. Well, can I chime in? Sure. I heard, I heard a lot of people say it feels different. <clears throat> and I'm speaking also from voices of African American people. That there are so many different voices backing up this need for change. It's not just the black community standing up. 
it's um, white, Latino, uh, LGBTQ. I mean, it's like the the world is sort of stepping up. No, there's it's, been... it's, it's a statement for civil rights. Right. And even though there's been uh, systematic racism based on somebody's race for years and years and years, a systematic racist culture, now people of all different 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 uh cultures and creeds and mm-hmm. everybody's stepping up and saying you know what we can't we, we can't we can't discriminate against a, a person of another color another right. gender another identity another religion it's it's a huge it's huge it's a humanistic movement and there's protests all over the world for america yeah which <coughs> that's is another, the other thing people showing solidarity mm-hmm. which is amazing other than our administration <laughs> which continually just denies everything right we won't even give them time now but i don't even feel like giving them time on but this we're podcast. we are on the precipice of something because i think there's a there's a silent majority of people i'm going to use that phrase because i read something online last night a silent i'm not going to say majority but i think there's a lot of people out there um in this country that just want shit to to be the way it always has been and let's just it doesn't affect me right it doesn't affect me well you're overreacting you know yeah just people that are just like but slavery is over right right <laughs> racism is over right i don't experience that in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and there's a whole legion of people, but the internet has made everything different. Mm-hmm. The internet has brought everything right in our faces with live updates and cell phone videos. And as I've said before, we heard this on TV, uh, that uh, George Floyd, George Floyd's murder was not the only one that was caught on a cell phone camera. Right, right. It was just caught on a cell phone camera. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your personal your personal feelings through this whole thing. How it's affected you personally. Personally, I've been moved and I'm also terrified. And I'll tell you the reasons for both. I've been moved uh, because people have reached out to me in a way that they never had. Former students, friends who have moved away, who I haven't seen in a long time, um, people we know. They've reached out to me on a personal level. And, and what I do know, they say to you? Like, tell me what they say. They just say, I want, I want you to know I was thinking about you. I wanted to see how you're doing. Um, one kid, I told you it was incredibly moving. One kid who I taught in high school, who's now about to finish college, was just like, hey, I know I was a butthead in high school and I just wanted you to know you, you know, you're a great person and a great teacher and I hope I didn't make you feel any, any different than that. And, and I'm also, um, (coughs) incredibly moved because I, my whole life is built around making is mostly playing black music you know playing jazz or other derivatives i mean pop and funk 
unless it's classical music, it's really a derivative of black music, you know, in this country. Mm-hmm. All the popular music, rock, whatever. It's all black music, blues. Um, I'm moved to see that people are acknowledging that because mm. I felt like that for a long time. <coughs> but that's not something you can speak up about without people, a certain group of people, accusing you of being racist. But it's it's totally true that many of the music that people listen to in this country is totally derivative of black culture and the black experience. So that's something I've come to terms with. The thing that makes me nervous is... The thing that makes me nervous is, as a black person, and we've talked about this, I'm not always comfortable around large groups of white people. Which is, can I just pause it? Can I just, like, jump in? Yes. Which is ironic, because you never hear that, right? You never hear that. You hear about white people. Well, there were a lot of African-American boys on the corner, and... No, no nobody knows. Nobody no, knows. Nobody knows what my experience has been for the past 30 plus years trying to play music. Right. And and I would say a good 60, 70% of the time. No, I'm going to say yeah, maybe 60% of the 65% of the time being the only black musician in a room in a orchestra right full of white musicians. There's a lot of pressure there first of all. Um and to quote one of my favorite bass players Ron Carter um, he somebody interviewed him about this, and he was like, "You mean to tell me you couldn't find a black violin player at eight in the morning to come and play this jingle?" You know. Well, unfortunately, where we live here, I will I will say, and this I'm speaking from my community, the theater community. We don't have a huge population of African American. Um, actors here in pittsburgh it's not it's not a balanced community that way you know what i mean we're no, not and, and so totally, there's there's that element too and, and i'm gonna i'm not special but i have skills i have a skill set that's not normal with anybody any bass player right? right i can read um i can i can play a little classical i can play electric bass and play funk on the electric bass i can you know so I can play shows like that and be comfortable doing it. There's not a lot of people here that can do that. So I've been in those kind of situations, and I can play jazz, I've, I've, in my opinion, on a, a bit of a higher level in this city that affords me some good gigs in this city when people come in from out of town. Right. But the point I'm trying to make is I am nervous because people are people are showing what they believe in right now. Yeah, yeah, they're showing people, the people and I don't I don't I don't want to use that phrase. I don't want to say people are outing themselves right now, but as as someone who's had to move in circles with with groups of white people where I'm an, I'm the only black guy. Mm-hmm. Those thoughts have gone through my head for years. <coughs> I get uncomfortable. What Nervous. if Nervous. What are they thinking? What is this person thinking of me? What is that person thinking of me? Did that mean something? It's uncomfortable. And unless unless you know and, and the the thing is I know I I I know most of these people I've played with, I've connected with them, they've been good people, but I don't know all of them. Right. I, I'm not friends with all of them. I don't know what they're thinking. Um and 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 I can't explain to you what it feels like unless you know what it's like 
to be, and, and let's say in your case, the only white person doing a show with with 25 African Americans, you know? Right, right. As, as gentle and wonderful as they could be to you, you're, there's still a bit of a nervousness. What do they think? You know, are what they are judging? they thinking of me? Are they judging me? Why am I the only person of my color here? Right. Um, are they waiting for me to make a mistake? And I, and I grew up during a time also, I was at the very tail end of this. I'm so happy for the opportunities that people of color have right now. There are initiatives now where organizations and producers yeah. Are we need people of color. Yes, yes. Why yes. are there no black people doing this? Well, this, this Why are we playing black music and we don't there's one black person involved? And we, this, there are initiatives. Yeah, I was just going to say in Pittsburgh too. It's it's changing here. In the in the theater community, there is definitely a a, a reset button has been set. You know, a lot of the theaters in Pittsburgh are like, "Wait a minute." We need to step back. We need to put a pause on our virtual performances, on our, you know, fundraising. And we need to step back and examine what we've done and what we yeah. need to do, which is really admirable. And let's you know? be inclusive. Yeah. People are trying to be inclusive, which is wonderful. Because when I came up, um, I was, I was uh, 19 years old in 1993. And... You know, 92, 93 was still a time where, as a black bass player, I had to be three times as good as a white bass player to even be considered for a gig. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's I had to be three, four times as good as a white bass player in this town for someone to go, well, maybe maybe Paul could do it. Right. Like, I, I came through that. I came through that whole school. And I had older musicians there was a guy named Chuck Austin who guided me through this. He was yeah. like, "You work on it. You keep taking." He he would pull me aside. You keep you keep taking those gigs with those white musicians because sometimes the in our scene I would get crap from black jazz musicians for doing these gigs at the balcony and shady side and playing outside of the culture, you know. Well, and he was like, "You keep taking those gigs." Yeah, that's the right advice. And he instilled it in me. You 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 know. You, you play at a high level, and but I was always nervous, and that was the thing. And I've read this with black entertainers. You had to be, you had to be ten times better than that 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 guy doing the same thing as you mm-hmm. to even be considered. Anyway, the point I was trying to make is I'm nervous um, that there are people that I've worked with, people <coughs> I'm friends with on social media, who have been silent, and I don't know what they're thinking. And all of this is coming out, and everybody is picking a side. Everybody is picking a side, you know. And at this point, I don't know what's going on with some of these people. Right. I, I, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared uh, of the silence. The silence. You know, people keep saying, you know, if, if you don't stand for something, you don't, you know, if, if you don't, <laughs> what is the quote? Well, I know what you mean. You gotta stand for something. You gotta stand for something, or you, you know. You stand for nothing. You stand for nothing. Um, that was that's from Hamilton, right? <laughs> I don't know if that. I, don't I think know. that's from Hamilton. I think let he me, said that. About, let me say this. One other thing, because you were saying people people are choosing sides, but I think people are being tested. It's now. I think this is the other thing that's different about this movement is people are. Because we're in a world of social media, 
and 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 we obviously didn't have that in the 60s and in all the surges of trying to make change in America all those all those moments Rodney King all that we didn't have social media we didn't have that but now because we have it people are like whole you know they're on display so you got to you either got to stand up and and like you said stand for something or we know that you we know your you know point of view if you don't stand up for black lives matter we we know where your head is at yeah and i feel really bad about that though i f- i feel really bad you know you scroll down your feed or whatever on facebook and you see a post by somebody you know and i i'm like oh my god this this white violin player that i worked with he's he's totally black lives matter he's talking about an experience I'm moved by that. That makes me feel, whew. Yeah. I oh, feel good. That's good. I, yeah. I feel good. And then, well, this guy, this this guy I've known for, you know, who, who's I've worked with for 25 years. There's nothing. There's right. nothing. He's not saying anything. It's very, uh, it's only social media, I know. But I think this time... Our awareness is so heightened. Okay, well, what, what? my my awareness is so heightened to these kind of things, and 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 the silence, the silence that I've seen some of these people exhibiting, is deafening. But I once again, it's only social media. Okay, but we are we are a factor of social media. This podcast, which is sort of social media, has impacted people. Our podcast. Our podcast, we've seen a well, we've direct. Seen it, we've seen it impact the most important person. Well, on a deeper level, I, I mean, it became an educational tool, right? Yeah. This person's heart was already open. This person's heart was already on the side of Black Lives Matter. But it's it's something that's hard to wrap your brain around when you don't live it. You want to tell the story? No, you can. No, no, do it. No, tell it. Go ahead. You, you put it so eloquently. No, I'd love to hear it from your point of view. I really would. I'd love to hear what it made you feel like. I'm going to put a piece of candy in my mouth while you do it. Okay. Go ahead. So the other day, um, she's probably listening right now. <laughs> I hope so. The other day. this is like the biggest shout out of pride and love and growth and accountability you could ever hear. Chris's mother... Uh, FaceTime called us and she was like crying. She was sobbing and she had just listened to the previous podcast, the previous episode to this one, in which was a really first kind of serious one where we really started talking about what was going on in the world with in the George Floyd wound was very fresh and 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 we talked about race and 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 the pain and I was very candid about my feelings and she listened to it and she was so touched by it that she had to call us right away and she was crying and she wanted to talk to me and she just said, what can I do? I've been living in this white tower and I feel so bad. I want to do something. I love you. And I said, just, you know, just you reaching out. That means everything. I love you. Just keep loving me. Just keep being who you're going to be. That, that is what you were talking about earlier, which is the reaching out. The reaching out to me, to me. I mean, other people, other people have other things that matter more to them. But this is our podcast, so we're talking about our own personal experience. I mean, and 
But it's that it's that effort of getting on the phone and saying, I'm thinking about you even on a deeper level. I'm thinking about your life like I've never thought about it before. And I'm realizing things I haven't realized, you know, like. No, and totally. And it's not even on a. So here's something amazing that I've seen. I don't know if you saw this in these protests. So these African-American protesters get up to the police. And when the police start mm. pushing them back, they yell out, white shield. And then a whole row of white people comes and stands in front. Mm. Oh my God, you just took my breath away. White shield. They yell out, white shield. And a whole row of white people comes and stands in front of the, the black protesters. Isn't that like, oh my goodness. You just took my breath away with that story. I did not know that. I literally like. <gasps> yeah. And it's oh, like, I am your white look. shield. I'll be your white shield, baby. <laughs> Always. But. I'm more of a That's That's a way of support, right? What your mother did for me the other day when she called. That was like white shield. Yeah. That was like white shield for me. She 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 reached out. That's 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 all I need. And that's the you know, I guess the thing is is for me it was so powerful because I think it's important to say that my mom is 85 years old. Yeah, and I, I remember and meeting your mother for the first time. It was not comfortable. She was terrified. She was terrified of me. The unknown, right? We fear the unknown. But, I mean, since we've been together, she loves you. She accepts. Totally. But, I mean, it's taken. Yeah. You know, there were steps. We've had landmarks. I remember one landmark was I went over to your mother's house and I I installed, like, a new TV that they had bought. Right. You know. Oh, the sandwich. And and she made me a sandwich, which was amazing. The sandwich. The sandwich. With cheese. The sandwich which lives on in. With the cheese that she cut. Like, I'll never forget that. The thing that I always say is one person can change the world. I've always said that. One person can have a shift that's so profound. And you, even though you went over and put the TV in and and it was a little uncomfortable, like, oh, you know, it's. It, it has a shift, a profound shift in people. And the action of picking up the phone and saying, you know, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of you on a deeper level. I'm seeing, I'm hearing your pain over the podcast. Or I'm hearing your, I'm feeling pain that I haven't felt because I'm watching protests. That does change the world. People always say, what can I do? Stand up. Let your voice be heard. That is, that evokes change. And we've had a lot of conversations with people in the artistic community in Pittsburgh um, over FaceTime or Zoom or calling friends and stuff. And people keep saying, let your voice be heard. Stand up and do the right thing. That, I think peaceful protests and I think reaching out to people that you love or maybe people that you don't really know super well. You're like checking in. How are you doing? What do you need? Changes people's perceptions, um, people's state of mind. I think it's really important. Um, we are at, is it been two weeks since the protest started? I've lost all, like, honestly, time means nothing to me during quarantine. When did all this start? This all started when George Floyd was murdered. What day was that, honey? That was early in the week, and then the protest started the weekend. Last weekend. Um, no, the week before. I'm so, so sorry. 
So it, it's it's actually felt. It's funny because for me, time in quarantine has meant nothing. Yeah. But this whole movement has felt like it's gaining momentum instead of becoming like through well, the course of. But it's it's a combination of all these things. It's Ahmad Arbery. It's uh, Brianna. It's. It's all these things mm-hmm. that are giving it all of this momentum. All these things that were kind of pushed away is, are now all being pushed together. Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. has now, which is totally blows my mind. Right. When he started kneeling, mm-hmm. um, and I, I supported that. I supported Colin Kaepernick peacefully peacefully protesting. Yeah, it's... He was it, peacefully it's what... protesting and against... Against police brutality. police brutality. Yeah. Um, in, a, and, in, in such a respectful, it's simple all, way. It's all come together now. Mm-hmm. So much so that the commissioner of the NFL went, we are sorry. Yep, I We saw are going to let any player peacefully protest. I saw Black that. Lives Matter. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah, that's, I saw that. That was pretty powerful. Like, it's all coming to a head. <clears throat> like, it's all, okay, you, 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 push this thing away you push that thing away it's all all the chickens are coming home to roost you know all of them we had a talk the other day about like a a real talk and we don't need we're not going to like divulge names or people or anything please but we had a real talk about like the people we know in our lives and who do you feel a hundred percent has your back we talked you about mean that. as an african yeah yeah oh yeah me personally we're this not is, gonna no, you want to tell them yeah no, no we talked about we kind of just did a little inventory because i i tried to explain to chris as a black person how my guard is up you know mm-hmm. i'm sizing people up if 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 uh if i'm in a large group of, if i'm the only and again this is a feeling i can't explain to you you being, just did though. You being just the did. Only black person. <clears throat> that you're you're on guard in a room of people that could be your they could be your future best friends or whatever. Yeah, but but there's still there's still a little bit of what hesitation. I, what there. I want to what I want to get to is, uh, and I said we're not of course mentioning Bay's names, but the reality of the conversation is, is this is what African Americans live with on a day to day basis. They're they're sizing up their feelings when they're out in public or they're around police or they're in a room with you know the feeling of uh, sort of calculating the room that's not really the right word um no you're sizing up sizing the room. up the room you're... is something that's sort of ingrained right um but i just want to say i i wanted to revisit this is that's you know that's what white privilege is we walk into a store we walk into a room. We don't automatically go. Am I? Am I cool here? Now I will. I will say this. <clears throat> Everybody's story is different. Everybody's. Everybody lives in different communities. Everybody has different things. Um, women, LGBTQ. There are plenty of people that that walk into a room and and may feel at times threatened. I'm not diminishing that. What we're talking specifically about is on the day-to-day basis of, you know, what white privilege is. When we walk into a store, people aren't looking at us funny, you know. Not always, but they have. (laughs) 
Oh, you mean me? You, oh, you. Well, I thought you meant. I meant the white two of people. Us. Oh. oh, no, but that's, that's what we're, we're so awesome. And some people hate the phrase "white privilege." That's what white privilege is. Right. So if I tell you my experience and how uncomfortable I get, and your response as a white person is to say, "Why are you even thinking about race? That's not even a factor. You have no business worrying about that and thinking." Mm-hmm. Nobody's thinking about that. You shouldn't. That's white privilege. Right. That's because you've never had to experience. Right. Count on how many times you've been the only white person in a large group of people. Mm-hmm. Probably for a lot of people, I'd say never. They've never been the only white person in a large group of, of people. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's white privilege because you don't understand what I'm talking about. But that's, we talked about this too. We talked about how the, this systemic kind of racism is kind of ingrained in us. We grow up with it. We don't think right. about it. It's right. it's it's in the music and the TV and the food and like it's just you grow up feeling that way. Let's let's circle back a little bit because we sort of mentioned it. I think we mentioned it in the last podcast. Though the last podcast feels like a long time ago. Um, we are not advocates for violence. In any way. No, We I understand don't, why I, it's happening. I don't condone. I'll never condone people rioting and right. looting and stuff. But I I understand. We understand why it's boiled to this. Uh, so we are advocates for peaceful protest for standing up. Um, stand up for what you believe in, even if you stand alone. You know, we, we get that. But we, for the record, we are not advocating um, violence. Right. Uh I'm so proud of you. I need you to know that. I'm like super proud of you. You've been on an emotional roller coaster, not just this two weeks, but in our journey together, you've always taken the high road. You've always put yourself out there and been willing to, even in a situation that may seem strange or unsure. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I've learned from you. Um, I've never been put in so many uncomfortable situations as I have when you and I started dating. (laughs) I love you because you have so many friends and you're a social butterfly. We were right in it, you know, and I was forced to confront it. I was forced to confront my own racial biases, which totally exists. This is a part of the movement. Everybody has to admit. I have fears. Um, y'all scare me sometimes, okay? I have biases. I have, you know, yeah, you know, thoughts about stuff. But I learned a long time ago that we are all very similar people. We all have similar feelings, you know. And if I'm in a room with a white person who is scared of me, the best thing I can do is to reach out to them. And let them know that's right. It's okay. Hey, my friend. That's what I mean about one person changing you know, the world. You you so talk to that one person. I want to try to be. Mm-hmm. Let me do that. You know, most of the time I want to be that person. Let me reach out. Mm-hmm. You're you're afraid. You know. Now, if you're a you know really a a racist a hole, that's not going to change <laughs> if I reach out to you. But. But damn it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. reach out to you, and because I know if most of the times if somebody does that, to, if I'm uncomfortable and somebody does that, does that for me, 
It just diffuses everything. That's oh, right. Communication. Okay. I okay. You're cool. You who know? would have, who would have ever thought that? Like our closest friends are the most unique mix up of people around the world, right? Mm-hmm. We have a very eclectic group of friends. But one of the highlights is that our friends from Great Britain, we Skype every week, almost every week. And we have these really candid, wonderful conversations because communication is key. Learning what people in Great Britain are doing to heal the world, learning what we're trying to do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I've always, you know, what I love about this time is that um, I think... Part of this whole thing is that you have to see people for who they are. And what we as black people are saying is acknowledge me. See that I'm black. Understand what I've had to go through. Mm -hmm. Don't look at me and say, I don't see color. I've always had a problem with that phrase, I don't see color. First of all, because it's scientifically not untrue. Unless you're blind, I guess. Everybody sees color. Everybody sees color. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> Scouty. But, you know, that's, it's, I don't see color kind of goes hand in hand with all lives matter. Hey, we're everybody. It's everybody. We're all this, you know. No, you're different. You're unique. I acknowledge who you are. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge who you, where you came from. I acknowledge that you have unique differences from me and I understand you know, that's what this is about. Yeah. That's what this all means. Let's end on it that. Doesn't I think mean, we should it, end on that. Totally. It doesn't mean, hey, black people, let's just forget about it. Let's just forget about it. Let's just be cool. You know? No. No. It's, hey, we acknowledge. Let's acknowledge. Let's move forward. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Because you got to study history in order not to repeat it. And, and, be, willing to, and be willing to reach out. That's what's going to change everybody. Little step by step. And... Um, and making people know that they are part of one big community and that you have their back. Yeah, reach out. I actually, there's a colleague of mine who's a string player that wrote a post on Facebook that said, what what do you want us to do? Yeah. African Americans, what do you want us to do? Do you want me to, what would make you feel better? Do you want to see a big post about something? Do you want me to go out and protest? What, what makes you feel which I love. I love that they're saying, what do you need? That's what I'm saying. And I said, I need I need you to connect with me. Mm-hmm. I need you to call me and say, hey, I was thinking about you or, you know. Yeah, thank you to those people who have done it, who have reached out. And not just my amazing mom, which, like, was so moving, but our, our friends that have reached out, your former students, thank you. It's hard to do it. In a world of texting, it's hard. Yes, it is. And it makes a difference. So thank you. No, it makes the world of a difference. I love you. I love you too.